Welcome to Growing Through Grief. I'm your host, Diana Curtis. Growing Through Grief is a weekly sprinkle of education and inspiration to help you take action that leads to personal freedom and greatness. I share powerful conversations with grief experts, spiritual advisors, and other courageous souls in this transformational podcast. I believe with the right support and the power of community, you can eliminate unnecessary prolonged grief. I'm here to teach you how to normalize, recognize, and use grief as a growth tool. I've been a champion for growth for decades since the loss of my mother. Together, we are growing. I'll give you weekly tips and small steps that will move the needle forward so that you are experiencing a healthy inner relationship with yourself. Let's get started. Hello there, and welcome back to the Growing Through Grief podcast, where we are speaking to amazing individuals, experts in the field of grief, and also we always talk to individuals who have gone through their moments of losses and heartbreak and upset grief, and they have come through it. So that's what we're going to do today. We're talking to Darla Nelson. I am so happy to have you here, Darla. But before you chime in, I'm just going to do a brief introduction. And then, of course, you can add more to this if I should miss something. So Darla Nelson is a certified life coach and health coach. She loves helping women to transform their thoughts towards health, their life, and their relationship. She believes the lasting change begins within. Yes, it's all happening from within. Prior to becoming a certified life and health coach, Dollar was a licensed financial advisor for over 10 years. She offers a variety of coaching services, including her private and group coaching, as well as Boost Your Energy Challenge. Darla is also a speaker, and she's most proud of her being able to speak at the 2019 Women Leaders in Law Enforcement event, where over 1,000 women gather each year, and her goal was to help them release negative emotions from the stresses of their job. She's also very proud of having been chosen as unstoppable influencer of the year by Natasha, the owner and author of the Unstoppable Influencer Coaching Program. Welcome, Darla. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate that. Yes, I'm happy to have you here and Our listeners won't know this, but we've been trying to make this happen for a few months now and you had to put first thing first and just move away a little bit from serving others and provide support for your son and your daughter-in-law who have given you what? A new grandson, yes. A new grandson, how beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? Now, what's his name again? His name is Bryce. His name is Bryce. Wow. So congratulations to you, Bryce, and the rest of your family. Did I miss anything in introducing your bio? Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? 
I think you did a great job. Okay. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful. So let's just dive in. As you know, this podcast is, it was created to help primarily women. I'm sure that we get some good men coming in the door as well. But to help women navigate, grow, and understand how to grieve after a traumatic event, whether that event is divorce, death, or they may be having some challenges with their health. And we all know that there's an overwhelming level of anxiety in the world today, right? The pandemic. Oh, and losses. And then there's this divide against the vaccine and its politics. So as a health coach, share with me, whether it's on a personal level or with your clients, how, if any way, has anxiety shown up in your life? Well, I've seen it in myself for sure, and definitely in my clients. And yet helping them to navigate really like where are you putting your focus? You know, we can consume ourselves with negativity. We can consume ourselves with the negative news, you know, social media, all the things and helping women to really navigate, like, is that really feeding your heart? Is that really feeding your mind? And so it's not that we want to be like a, an ostrich with our head in the sand, but we want to know obviously what's going on and be aware and yet just helping myself and others to recognize that we don't need to put our whole being, we don't have to put our whole focus there, right? And so allowing ourselves to just say, you know, I'm going to be aware, that's important. And yet at the same time, I'm not going to just like full on focus on it. And one of my favorite sayings, Diana, is what we focus on expands. Yes. And so if you're focused on all this negativity, more negativity is going to come to you. And yet, if you're focused on gratitude and seeing the good in every single day, then more of that is going to come to you and that's going to feed your heart. Yes, I love that. I love what you said about the negativity and the news and oh, social media and how it's. I had this moment last week that we are allowing that to just pull us to and fro. We're just doing whatever we're following, following the energy of what shows up in the media. And we have gotten so accustomed to it that it's pretty much happening on an unconscious level. It's almost like the norm. I also love that you said, if it's not feeding your heart, if it's not feeding your mind, why are you there? <laughs> why do you listen? <laughs> So just be aware, listen to, watch whatever you need to watch, just to have that sense of awareness of what's going on around you and in your life. Yes, I love that. So Darla, share with me any compelling grief moments that you may have experienced. And we've talked about this a little bit. I sort of know, but then share with our listeners any profound grief moments. And I've learned, before you answer that, I have learned, as the more I do this, I'm almost becoming obsessed with it, learning about grief. But I've learned that it's important to also talk about trauma 
because it's the trauma, i.e. the divorce, death, abandonment, whatever. It's that event that leads up to the grief. So trauma-based grief. And I'm learning it's important to talk about both. The trauma happens first. Then we want it to be different. And we could move into anxiety, depression. We could be grieving, whatever the moment is. So having said, having heard that, share with us your most painful grief event. For sure, my most memorable, I guess, I don't know if that's a good word, um, moment of grief would be um, in 2013 when my father passed away. And he was definitely a great part of my life. He was a very kind, loving man and had been sick for a while, you know, and we we started to see the decline. But I don't know that any of us are ever ready for the moment that it actually happens. And so, um, you know, it wasn't like it was a sudden thing. We, we saw it happening over a couple of years of, of time. And yet when it came right down to August 2013 and he passed away, it was traumatic. You know, talking about trauma, it was traumatic for me. And, and prior to that, without going into all the details, my parents had lost their home to fire. And so my, my husband and I were actually in the middle of rebuilding their home. And I'll never forget Diana, though, it was about a week or two prior to dad passing. I took him in a wheelchair to his new home, to the home that they were rebuilding. And I took him to the backyard to show him where I was going to do the landscaping and such. And I'll never forget it because he looked at it and he said, honey, you can do whatever you want. He says, it doesn't matter to me anymore. He he knew he was going to be passing away soon. And he understood that none of that mattered anymore to him. None of that mattered to him. And yet it was so important to me, like, where are we going to put the tree and, you know, all the things. And yet to him, it didn't matter. And that's when I knew that he was feeling, even though he knew he would be passing away and there was obviously some sadness, he also knew that he was going on to something greater. And so, yeah, that was a very interesting time for me. Wow. So let me just reflect back what I just heard. So the losses were, the loss not only involved the losing of your father, and I say only not to dismiss that that's right, right. But you were also dealing with relocating or rebuilding your parents' home. Yes. And there was this profound moment when dad said, it doesn't matter. And when you said that, it reminded me of how we as human beings, we're complicated. We all know that we're complicated, right? How we become attached to things, material things, to other people, to other relationships, other experiences while we're living. And that is that attachment to those things, people, places, and things move us into so much stress and maybe more heartbreak, illnesses, and how father, dad knew that "Mm, I'm free now, that none of that matters to me. How beautiful. You know what that made me, when you're sharing that, Diana, it's so interesting how when we have these conversations, things that come up, right? Like, so something I haven't even thought about for a very long time just came up. I actually have the chills. So what we hold on to, I remember my mom telling my father quite a while prior to his passing that she wasn't ready to let him go yet. 
And yet he was very, very much like a planner. He, he had their financial life in order. He had all the things so there, he purposely was doing that so that he knew that he could go on and she would be taken care of. And yet she, I would hear her say, I'm not ready for you to go yet. And, you know, we hear, as I'm sure you've heard in your podcast, different people that have come on is that there's that element of the person not going on to the next life, going on to heaven, because they're still kind of holding on to what the people here are saying. And so I'll never forget, though, the, the day my mom, I was with her, I was with them in the hospital. And I remember I was purposely like staying away in the corner of the room so that they could have their time together. And I remember hearing my mom say that it was okay that he could go now. And he died, uh, I don't know, maybe a week or two later. And, but it was almost like a sense of release, like for him to say, okay, you know, now I can go. Mm -hmm. And that was a, that was a key moment for me too, to just see that she was at that point where she was recognizing that it was time to to let him go too. Yes, that's beautiful. Well, I'm certainly sending my condolences around the loss of your father in 2013. Yeah, we do. We hold on, we hold on, and we hold on, even when the other person sometimes is in pain. Because, again, we're complicated. It's all about us. I'm not ready for you to leave. Right, right. And that's normal. That is very, very normal. I went through a little of that with my brother who we watched him just, you know, the body started to change and you tend to have more time than you really have, you know, nothing's going to happen. He's fine. He's strong. He gets sick and then he gets well and then he gets sick again. And yeah, yeah. So having to watch and observe and be part of that is very traumatic. It is, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm curious, how did you and mom handle, how did you support mom and how did you support yourself through that process? For my mom, I feel like I've supported her in being there for her, calling her, you know, going to visit her. She's several hours from me. Now, I will say that it was very difficult in the first year to, it was almost harder to watch her in her loss than it was to lose my father, if that makes sense. Sure. Because they had such a connection and such a, a love for each other. And my dad actually died on their anniversary. And so watching her that first year or two and the loss and the sadness that she was experiencing was very difficult. And so I tried to support her the best I could, but there was also times when I didn't feel like I was doing a very good job because I didn't know what to do. So, but for, as far as myself, but a major turning point for me was dad died in August and now it was May of 2014. And I was at an event, I was at a church conference and staying in a trailer. And I woke up that morning and I had tears on my face and my pillow was wet. Mm-hmm. And I had been dreaming. And in my dream, it was my father. And he told me in the dream that it was time to let him go. Because from August to May, I put on a really good front, Diana. You know, I, I went about life, did my thing, did my work, you know, saw my clients, all the things. But inside, I was very sad. And now it was May. So, you know, months have gone by. May of 2014, and dad's telling me it's time to let you go, to let him go. And I audibly said in my dream, because my husband was in the same trailer with me and he heard me, 
I audibly said, I will let you go now. And that was such a, a freeing moment for me mm-hmm. to know that dad wants me to go forward and be happy yeah. and go and do my work that I'm doing now um, to help other women. And I, I thank him for that. I thank him for that dream because it was an, it was definitely a turning experience for me. That's beautiful. And I know the women can't wait to hear about what you're doing now. But before we go there, share with us what it looked like. Maybe give us some tips on what it looked like for you in your process of letting go. You mentioned sadness. What did you do with that? I kept myself focused. I'm a spiritual person. And so I love scripture. Um, There's actually a verse, Philippians 4, verse 8. Um, in a nutshell, it says, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, to think on those things. And I, if anybody saw the video of, you know, I know this is probably audio, but I actually have that sign in my office right behind me. And that is the inspiration for what I do now as a life and health coach. And so during that time, that period of sadness, oh my goodness, sometimes I would quote that verse to myself over and over and over again. Like mm-hmm. sometimes almost getting mad at myself, like Darla, what's over is pure and honest. Think on those things, you know, like, and I remember like at one time walking into this Togo sandwich shop and just kind of like, what is the purpose of all? Why did my dad have to pass away? And I would again say to myself, Darla, whatever is pure and right and honest, that's what he wants you to be thinking on. So for me, it was prayer. It was stillness scripture and, and also exercise for me, exercise is super key to my mental state. And so I would walk a lot. Mm -hmm. And in that time of walking, I could also have inflection and time to just heal. Wow. Wow. That you gave some very, very good tools. I want to comment on the scripture. Yes. Specifically pure Righteous? Right. Yeah. Pure, right, honest. Pure, right, honest. And you mentioned spiritual. And I I tell people that I work with all the time, it's maybe difficult for you to reach that point, that spiritual, that part of you that can never be damaged, regardless of whatever happens in our life. Mm -hmm. And as you were saying that, that is the part of me, us, as so pure, that's innocent, never done anything wrong, and honest. That describes a newborn baby. Mm-hmm. And it's when you're going through the pain, mom going through the pain, even though she let dad go, I'm sure that was still pretty painful for the two of you. So to feel that may have been very difficult, that mm-hmm. core, that essence. Again, that cannot be damaged. Mm-hmm. It just can't hurt. If we believe what the Bible says about God is love, we are love, that is true no matter what. Right. Now, do we have access to it all the time? No, absolutely not. But we can return to that place. And you gave some very good examples. And I'm going to ask you to do it again. I heard what you said, but share with the listeners again the tools, the prayer, what you did to move through that process and release the sadness from your body. 
for sure. It was prayer. It was being still. It was exercise, you know, really. And it was when I say still, still can be like physically still, but it can also mean taking a long walk by yourself. And so you're not physically still, but you're mentally still. Like for me, I would go on these really long walks where I felt like dad was even with me in a way. I still feel that when I go on walks, you know, eight years later, I go to the same spot that I used to go walk right after he passed away. And I still feel that feeling of comfort. And so I would, yes, reading scripture and prayer and exercise and talk for me, not everybody does this. And and I think this is a beautiful thing for that. I've learned Diana is that not everybody grieves the same way. Right. And that, and that's okay. Where for me, I talk about it. Someone else in my family might not talk about it. And that's, it doesn't say my way is the right way or the best way or whatever. It's just a different way. Right. And so I think it's key to, when we look at other people that are grieving, to remember that they're on their journey. That's their journey. Right. And so if you see someone and they're not maybe responding how you think you are, doesn't mean they're not in their own period of grief. Exactly. Exactly. Is there one particular thing that maybe, let's see, it's been years. Were there one particular thing that maybe took you the longest to learn about loss and grief and death and supporting another parent? The thing that took me probably the longest to really grasp was just the idea of recognizing that not everybody needs to grieve the exact same way. And to let other family members grieve exactly how they need to grieve and, and being okay with that. Mm. And, and I think that's probably what, to answer your question, that would be. And what was, what was the moment you said, wait, (laughs) I'm adding more suffering and grief to my (laughs) own experience. (laughs) Do you recall that moment for you? Um, I don't know that I can recall a certain moment. Except that, you know, without going into it too much, my brother also passed away, but that was a long time ago. And that was 28 years ago. And I remember that same feeling too. It was almost like I knew it, I forgot it, and now I needed to learn it again. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, knowing that when my brother died, that everybody grieves differently. And I had read a good book 28 years ago that helped me to understand that. And then now again, having to relearn it almost. And, and recognizing that it's okay. Yeah. Some people cry, some don't. Some talk about it, some won't. And it's okay. Yeah. I think for me as a grief specialist, especially when it's family, you're around family a lot. The challenge has, for me has been you checking in with family members and you're asking the question, how are you doing? I lost my brother. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. And what I realized is the acronym that we use for fine is feeling inside never experience. Ooh, that's you're a good one. You're stuffing. But again, allowing whether it's family members or someone else to grieve in their own way. It's not going to look like uh, however Diana wants it or how Darla wants it. Right. So just allow just be there to listen. And I think that's what you did for mom. So thank you. Anything else about the process of grieving that you would like to share? I heard sadness. Anything else come up for you that you 
had to move through, process, and grow through? I don't feel like I really experienced any anger or any of those that maybe some other people would experience Mm -hmm. because of the relationship that I had with my father. Now, I've had clients that maybe didn't have a very good relationship with whoever passed away. And so that brings a whole new dimension, you know, that brings a whole nother phase of what they need to go through and just helping others to recognize as you do in your work to see that it kind of depends on who they've lost or what, or maybe it wasn't a death. Like maybe you said, maybe it was a loss of a job or different types of grief. And so recognizing that once again, people grieve differently. Yes. Yes. Or loss of health. Um, yes. So- me into again you as a health coach we talked a little bit about anxiety already what are some other things that you are seeing in your clients around say chronic illnesses related to a traumatic experience I mean we just celebrated world mental illness day mental illness or mental health day I don't recall which one it is And I spent a lot of time talking to people on that particular day because people, there's still that stigma around just the phrase mental illness or mental health, same as with grief. Not so much with grief now because the whole world is grieving, right? (laughs) So the the stigma is kind of not, it's not what it used to be. So yeah, what sorts of things are you experiencing in well tell us about your business, what you whatever you do, and then share a little bit about what's showing up. Okay. I'm a certified life and health coach, but really what what I find most is I'm really a mindset coach. And mm-hmm. because I'm spiritual, we often turn to scripture, which is very comforting. What I have found even more so during the last year and a half, the the pandemic. We, of course, anxiety, stress, high blood pressure, you know, mental health, things like that, is that often what people think they don't recognize is that, okay, let's say you have high blood pressure as an example, or maybe you need to lose weight and you're, you're not losing weight. You've tried and you've tried this diet and that diet and all the things, and you're not having the success that you need. And what I'm helping people to understand is that when they are ready and willing to be vulnerable and to be willing to let go, to shed some of the experiences, grief, you know, whatever the thing is, relationships, trauma from their past, all the things that then the high blood pressure is often becomes better. You know, they don't have that. They're not dealing with anxiety so much, stress, they're losing weight, all the things because they're willing to look within and do the deeper work. If I can share a real quick story about a client, I had a client hire me because he wanted to lose weight, 40 pounds. That's all he cared about. I just want to lose 40 pounds. I I don't ever ask my clients what they weigh, never. Within one to two weeks of us working together, it was very evident that it wasn't about the 40 pounds. He had lost his daughter. Yeah, he had lost his daughter to an illness. And also he had lost his wife to divorce. And so now this was years later that he's, he's hired me and helping him to realize that he was subconsciously in his body, holding on to all the stress and the anxiety of all of that, of losing the daughter and of losing his wife to divorce and helping him to let that go. It was the most beautiful thing to watch when I could on video, watch him releasing and doing the inner work 
And the beautiful part was, guess what? He lost weight because he was willing to let go of the other things. Yes, that's beautiful. It's almost never about what our clients end up working on something totally different from what they think they came for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you said mindset coach. It's it's all going down in the mind, right? Everything. Oh is gosh, yes. <laughs> it's going down in the mind. And I always say the mind and the emotions, they have this beautiful dance. You know, they're always working together. They are married to create magical bliss, uh, magical chaos. The mind and those emotions, they're having a field day on us and we don't <laughs> really understand it. Vern- yeah, absolutely. I love that you mentioned vulnerability. You know, that's most people just don't want to go there. And you might agree if you don't correct me, but I believe it's our job to help our clients go deeper and understand Absolutely. the core of the issue. We're not treating those symptoms. We're treating the spiritual issues that are showing up in their life. but doing it in a safe place mm-hmm. and wrapping it with compassion because you, if anything like me, when I went through my healing process, compassion had to be present in order for me to trust you Absolutely. so that I would Absolutely. tell my truth. So compassion, compassion, compassion. I just did an episode on compassionate grief and ah, I just loved it. So what else is going on? Tell me what else is going on with you. You talked a little bit about what you do, your client. What else? In the next, wow, 30 minutes go by really, really fast. So yes. in the next few minutes. Yeah, I'm excited about some upcoming stuff. I'm, I, of course, I, like you mentioned in the, my bio, I meet with clients individually and I do a um, Boost Your Energy Challenge. I actually have, the last three years, I offered a program in the spring called Blossom, which was helping women to blossom into their best selves. And that was super fun. And and because of the pandemic, it went online and so reached more people throughout the United States, which was exciting. But back in 2019, when I first did that, I had women asking me then to then, quote unquote, host another season. And just with life and everything, I never did. And so then this year, just maybe a month ago, I thought, you know what? It's autumn. I love autumn. I love the fall time of year. And so I want to bring I've done Blossom three years. Now it's time to do Autumn. And so um, coming up, I have my um, Autumn, I call it Autumn 2021. And basically what that's about is just helping women to embrace the season that they're currently in and recognizing kind of like the falling of the leaves, helping them to recognize that there's beauty in letting go, you know, letting the leaves fall. And when you do that, then you can blossom. Mm. So that's what I'm working on. And I, I, I love that. I love those titles. I had to do a living vision uh, and I tend to do those and I give them names. And one of the names I gave one of my vision statement was fully blossom. Mm. I love the word blooming and blossom. Yes. It's just, you know, it's like that's we're here to grow and blossom and bloom and not be snack, uh, just stagnant and not moving through life. So 
Yes, there will be more about what a little bit more about the autumn 2021 in the show notes for anyone who is listening to this program. So if you're interested in connecting with Darla, you will be able to do so. Darla, give us one takeaway, whether it's one gem from autumn 21 or anything else that you would like to just have the listeners leave with. My number one probably favorite saying, I've mentioned it already today, was what you focus on expands. Yes. So if I can share anything with you to in your listeners today is as we go about, as we continue this process of being in this in the world and all the pandemic and everything that's happening, is to be careful, be sensitive to what you're focusing on. Because like I mentioned, what we focus on expands. And if you want to protect yourself in a way, if you want to protect your family, we need not fear. We need not fear. Like we can trust in something so much greater and we can every day, just I encourage you and your listeners to wake up every day with a sense of gratitude. And if it means you have to write down three things every day you're grateful for, then do that. Because once you start creating that habit, it become it's a good habit to have, right? It's a good habit to wake up with gratitude. Yes, gratitude for everything. Once you focus on gratitude, you will begin to see there's so much more to be grateful for. It just Absolutely. Like you said, whatever we focus on, more and more will come. So if you focus on gratitude, expect more opportunities and things will show up in your life for you to be grateful for. So there we are. Another episode. Thank you, Darla. I am so glad you said yes. Thank you. It was very nice to be on here and I feel really honored to have met you, Diana. Thank you so much. Yeah, same here. And to my listeners, I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. And you know what to do. Just keep on growing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Growing Through Grief and being part of this loving community of women. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share and spread the word. Let's help all women become richer and more nourished in their heart so that they're able to just keep on rising. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas, or you would like to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at coachingtotheheart.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep on growing.